Welcome to another episode of Wicked Smart. I'm your host, Lucas Bean. I got my co-host over here, Brad. What's going on, Brad? How you doing? GM, GM. You, you gotta know, tell us, doing. you gotta tell us all about ETH Denver after this, uh, after the Mintify report, real quick, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be really I wanna hear all about it. What's gonna be interesting? That was a trip, dude, for sure. I bet. I bet. You don't sound very sick, so that's uh that's a, probably a, a really good sign to start off with. No, I got I got immunity to all the various NFT event COVID variants last year. Yeah, know, I'm not saying like COVID. I'm saying coast the, to coast, the <laughs> smoking and drinking uh, variants, uh, where you just like smoke. Oh, there was there drinks. was a lot of both of those. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Yeah, it's ba- baby yeah. baby's first conference. I always call it baby's first conference because uh, hardly anybody is professional in this space, right? So they all go there to get wasted and, and like high rather and take pictures for like their social media feed rather than actually setting up meetings and making shit happen. So it's, I find that super fascinating, but we'll get into that right after this. So, um, Mintify, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, how's it going? How are you doing today? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. I I could still hear you have an Android. I really wish you could just upgrade to that (laughs) iPhone, bro. If you get that iPhone, shit will like literally change for you. Everybody will be happy. My ears will thank you for it. But Mintify, why don't you, why don't you give us the uh, market recap? For like over the weekend and also Monday, I really, yeah. I, I, I'm excited to hear. I got you. Um, all right. The weekend Ethereum market volume, not too impressive. 39.6 million. Um, that was about one day's worth of volume two weeks ago. So not too hot there. Weekend Solana mar- uh, market volume, 5.4 million. Sorry, my dog is uh, relentlessly scratching himself behind me. Let me get him to stop that. Okay. Um, okay. All right. Hopefully you didn't hear that. Because he that did was not, very loud no one, for me. Yeah. No one hears it. On <laughs> right. end, so you're good. All right. The highest sale, uh, 95 ETH for board ape 281. The top gaining index, top 20 metaverse up 2% led by Exosama 0.535 ETH floor price up 11% arcade land 0.065 ETH floor price up 10% and cyber Kong's VX. 0.45 ETH floor price up 4%. The top losing index, top 20 art, down 4%. Merge VV struggling a little bit. It's unfortunate. Uh, 0.041 ETH floor price down 13%. Elemental, 0.89 ETH floor price down 9%. And Math Castles, 2.25 ETH floor price down 5%. Now, as for the weekend um, activity, there wasn't too much out of the normal other than owls, which which absolutely ripped. I think it went from from like what 0. 0.005 uh, mint or something very low all the way up to 0. 0.5. So that was that was definitely exciting. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't participate in that. It pumped while I was asleep. Some anticipated drops for this week. Mochaverse is minting today. Sizon is minting tomorrow. Play Pop Go is minting tomorrow, both on uh, March seventh. For anybody who might not be in the, uh, in, you know, far far away time time zone from where, where I am in New York, uh, Dimensionals is minting on March eighth, and Cometh is minting on March 9th. And there come there's my cat. Wow, all the animals this morning. Noteworthy uh, market updates: Multicoin Capital's hedge fund lost ninety one point four percent in twenty twenty two. Primarily, oh, there's another dog. Primarily due to FTX exposure and exposure to specific soul-based tokens, but it does remain up by 2,866% as of January this year from its inception. 
An SEC official says Binance US is operating an unregistered securities exchange. Now, that was not an official statement from the SEC, but in my opinion, it's worth keeping in mind. And uh, Ripple CEO expects that its lawsuit with the SEC will end this year. That would be nice. Uh, could be, uh, you know, a great thing for the whole market. And uh, market stats: global crypto market cap ten twenty four point nine billion. Bitcoin dominance forty two point two seven percent. Bitcoin open interest six point nine nine billion. Fear and greed at forty eight. With crypto seeing a little bounce uh, this morning, but still sideways, Bitcoin 22,500, up about 0.3%, and Ethereum 15,75, very similar, 0.28% up. With the S&P just a little bit ago at 40,52, up about 0.2%. That is all. Thank you very much. You're definitely getting super concise. I think you're leaving some things out, my man. That's okay. It's probably a good idea if you left them out. I trust that you're doing the right thing. What did I, what did I leave out that I, no, that I, I honestly, cover? no idea. This usually goes on for another 30 to 60 seconds and, uh, and I love it. And it's, uh, you know, it's good. I can like, okay. do, I can do a little, do a little working out, maybe grab, refill my coffee. It's pretty dope. Like it's a good, ex, like a good example of like use of time for me. So respect, love your updates. Mintify, we wouldn't, I don't know where we would be without you, man. Like, I honestly don't know, like half the stuff, not even half the stuff that you come up with. So respect brother. Um, Brad, man. I want to first. I want to say hi to Mariana real quick and Sarah. I got to say hi to those two guys, and we're gonna go right over into Eat Denver. What's up, both of you, Mariana? How are you? How you been? Hi, Lucas. I missed you guys. Missed you too. <laughs> I almost didn't have a space today, but I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna have a space today. I'm a space. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, doing great. Um, had a good weekend. Caught up with a few friends in the Decentraland space this weekend after not being there for like two weeks. Oh my uh, god! What did they do? They like, were they drinking like virtually drinking without you, or like what's going on? I mean, they were dancing without me. So. Oh no, it's not the same. It's not the <laughs> exactly. same without Mariana. Come back with the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Didn't you? Weren't you moving too? I thought I heard you. I yeah. You saying that. Yeah. So I'm finally done moving. Nice. Uh, I have to unpack stuff but yeah um finally unpacking never ends i can promise you that i've been moved i've moved so many times in my life you always have like a box or two and you're like oh okay today's the day (laughs) you just don't unpack it it's it's funny i have like two suitcases that are full of clothes right now but i have to honestly i might only take out like a few things and take it to nftla with me so there you go you know you know i also noticed like when moving i like have my (laughs) stuff like I'll, i'll have like stuff in a box or a bag and then yes. if I don't use it for like six or 12 months, I'm like, oh, I need, that means I don't need it. I instantly go, I don't need this because I had lived my life six months without it. So it's got to go now. So I just get rid of it. That's how I purge usually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, like I donated so many clothes before I moved, but like, honestly, like I'm like still like living off of like two suitcases. I'm like, I can get rid of 80% of this stuff if I really wanted to. But... Right. That's what I'm saying. Don't be a hoarder. You know what yeah. I mean? Don't don't become a hoarder. Anyway, everybody, yeah. if you can retweet out the space, that would be great. I know Mariana already has, which, by the way, thank you, Mariana. And Brett has, too. But you know what? Nobody else has. Get it going. <laughs> NFT Buzz, retweet it. I know you want to, man. I see oh, you looking. Also, can I give a shout-out to a friend that is in our yeah, space Yeah, of course. Right of course. So Cloud is actually one of the OG Decentraland photographers. He's actually helped me with like a lot of my events so yeah shout out to cloud he's 
um, yeah, has been like one of my first OG friends in the Central Land. Nice. So. Well, I invited him up to speak. If, they, if he, she wants to come up, let me know. Um, so, Sarah, what's up, man? How was your weekend? What did you guys do? I saw some like photography. I saw you in like a fancy place with your feet up and stuff like that. Where were you at? Like, uh, you're like Downton Abbey or something, dude? Yeah, yeah. I, I went to the uh, the regular weekend party at Downton Abbey. <laughs> and uh yeah the crew was uh together and we had a jolly good time i believe it it looked like it. no yeah no it was good it was it was a really good uh chance to to sort of relax because i've been telling everybody i'm just too busy you know with everything that's going off and, and just the focus and getting into spaces and working on the business it, I just needed a break, so it was it was good to step away and uh, meet up with a couple of friends, and we just went out, had had uh, a few drinks, and listened to the music, and it was really good. And yeah, just basically chilled and felt a lot better for it on Sunday morning. Glad to hear I it, was, man. That's awesome. I was not hanging; I just felt really good for actually taking some time out. Yeah, it really does make a difference. I didn't know, and you're right, by the way. Everybody should unplug from now 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 and again. I. I am anti-unplugger. I'm like, hey, I don't deserve this. I haven't worked hard enough for this. I, that's how I, that's my excuse of not. But it's it's going. it's so hard to do that, though, isn't it? It's like it is. You, it's unsustainable. Yeah, so. but it, it's you know I find myself, you know, and especially over the last few weeks, it's been nonstop. So I literally sort of, I'm in here working away. I'm responding on Twitter. I'm working on the business plan, and then you like jump into Twitter space, and then I find myself going to bed, and I think. I'll just have a look at what's on. And then you go, oh, a friend's got a Twitter space. I'll just jump, jump in for five minutes. And then that turns into an hour and a half. And I'm like, why am I still doing this at two o'clock in the morning? Yep. I Trust me, I, I lived, eat, and breathed that for like more than a year and a half. Ask Brad, he was there. <laughs> um, I was literally hosting Twitter spaces for like 12 hours a day. And I couldn't stop. It was every day. Never missed a day. Not a weekend, nothing. Ugh. Anyway, moving on. I don't want to talk about me. Yeah. Let's get into, let's get into some, like, first let's get into ETH Denver and then we'll talk about like the, the new wallet protocol. So tell me about ETH Denver, dude. Like who was not drunk and high at ETH Denver? And, uh, Oh boy. Yeah. And then I'm going to yeah, get into dude, like professional good. versus not professional, like, uh, events. Go ahead. Tell me, tell oh, me sure, like dude. step by step, man. Like what happened? You went to ETH Denver, you started so, getting your crunk uh, yeah, on. Yeah, I, it, yeah, well, no, not not right off the bat, actually, dude. So get this, right? So it started because it's two weeks usually, right? The like this past weekend, like the Thursday through Sunday, is when everybody flies in and everybody that you know is anybody or whatever flies in, you know, <laughs> anybody, and, anybody. Uh, That's yeah, anybody who's anybody, yeah. And uh, they the week before that though is like the builder event, you know, where it's like the hackathon and all these dev teams compete to like use new smart contracts or develop some cool app that does something. And like, so it's like a whole kind of competition and, uh, being that it was, you know, like an hour North of where I live, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go up first early to see like who all the dev teams are and who's building what. But, uh, also it was like, I was able to get my badge, like pick out, like I was maybe in line for a minute or two minutes, you know, and apparently at one point this past weekend, the line to get a badge was over an hour just standing in line to pick up your badge. Yeah. But I had someone pick up my badge for me at NFT NYC. It was so nice. Go ahead though. Yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but the, uh, the venue that they chose this year for the building event, uh, like the builder, the, the hackathon type stuff for the devs mm -hmm. was just in an awful spot, like in Denver. And, uh, 
the the service was garbage and the Wi-Fi in the building was crap and it was just like <laughs> Wi-Fi is like the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a developer event. It's hilarious like, to me. We all need Wi-Fi and lots of it, you know. And so it was uh it was a little rough. And uh so I ended up grabbing um a beer. Um my first beer of the event was actually like last week. Um grabbed a beer with uh this guy that was actually and I mean ultimately long story short, he uh he's a, he was just a crypto bro that was there trying to essentially like, you know, multi-level marketing pitch something that he was doing. Uh, yeah. 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 It never ends, man. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's like nope. a crypto event, it could be a web three, could be a real tech event. I've definitely met people at like real, like full on technology events where you had to, you know, you actually had to have an, and operate a successful company and you had to be at this event. And, um, it's not just going for social media. I actually have never met so I've never been to an event such as these web three category events where all these people come and they're like these social media people. And it's like, if it, if they came to an event like GD, like, like just so many like video game event, and it doesn't matter what it is, like a tech event, everything like nobody took those people serious. And like, now it's like, I'd say 80% of the audience is like people trying to take, take pictures and smoke doobage you know, smoke joints and stuff like that and get high and like just take enough images and, and video to like, Hey, look who I was with. I'm friends with this person. I'm friends with this person. Like, it's so fascinating right? to me to oh, see that, yeah. like to be well, a professional at a thing like this is tough. So go ahead. What's funny about all those people that are doing that. Like, like, yeah, that's everywhere. It's people taking pictures and, and stuff like that just to like, essentially like prove they were there. Right. Or prove that they were with somebody or they, like how much fun we were having at this event. And so it's kind of like, what are you guys doing po app? You know, like, why are you, why are you not seamlessly integrating these types of things with po app? You know, it just, it was something that dawned on me while I was walking around the conference this past weekend, everybody taking pictures in front of random banners and like a bag of fake money that was like on the floor at one point in East Denver. But yeah, so like the, uh, ultimately though, right. So I grab a beer with this tech bro, um, who's trying to sell shit have a beer with him after one beer. I realized that this guy is just, yeah, I mean, good for him for trying and doing whatever he's doing, but like just, you know, we were uh, cut from different cloths. We'll say go back out to uh, my car to drive home and my car had been towed, dude. Oh and, no, Brad. Yeah, dude. My car was towed and I was like, what the hell went through that whole debacle called like the property owner called the tow shop, did all that shit. Ubered over there, got my car, went home. And I was like, all right, well, like, I'm not going back to that area again, like at all. Like, screw the rest of the build week. I'll just go for the actual, uh, you know, conference or whatnot. So when's so, that? When does that start? What? So you, you that, said next week. So is it this week? Is it different? No, conference? no, no. It was. No, this was like this is like um, this is leading up to Thursday of this past week. That's when like the actual conference started. Okay. So Everything the first the week, week was. Not, so this past week was the real conference. The first week yep. was the like the real tech guys trying to like hack shit together and make things happen. Exactly. Yeah. The hackathon. Okay. So the real, yep. con so the real conference was probably during the hackathon and the other conference where everybody's like, you know, pretending to be important and speaking and all this other stuff, which by the way, speaking doesn't mean you're not important. Um, I just think people, you know, um, there are just a, quite a few people who are unqualified to speak at conferences, like go up there and talk, and speak at conferences in the web three space, nowhere else in yep. the world at any conference <laughs> are people yep. allowed up to speak 
who were, um, let's just say, working at a 7-Eleven last, uh, last month and now are Web3 uh, consultants, right? So like that, that's just insane to me. And that happens so often in this space. They know a couple of buzzwords and all of a sudden they're up on a panel and they're oh, now experts yeah. like thinking they know what's up and no, one, no one's going to second guess them, especially on a panel. Um, because it's just, you know, that kind of stuff is embarrassing. But I mean, even on Twitter spaces, people are afraid to like say, Hey, uh, like how long have you been in this space for? Like, I actually know somebody that was, uh, in like that literally had a different career, which by the way, it's not a bad thing to switch careers. It really isn't like I've switched careers so many times all the way up and like, literally I've probably switched careers like three times by the time I was like 22. And uh, it wasn't, I wouldn't call them careers, but you know what I mean? Switch, switch job types, let's just say. <laughs> but in this case, like you could literally, there's people that were like auto, like I would say people who sold used cars like three years ago and they're now like NFT experts or like run a media company. And it's like, to me, you know, it's tough to take that stuff serious. You know what I mean? Like if you really put in the work, don't get me wrong, that's great. Keep crunching, keep going keep just really like building whatever you're building, but it's, it's just tough. The space is like, like I put in so many years, like I, you know, undergrad, grad school, you know what I mean? Like two double master's degrees working at like start startup companies that, you know, sold for like lots of money. You know what I mean? Like building real tech companies for like two decades. And the, then someone like comes, you know, like quits their job at Seven Eleven, and now is an NFT advisor. So Again, it's it's fascinating to me, and I'm not mad at them for doing it. It's just being on the same stage as someone. We're just not the same people. You know what I mean? Like experts are kind of like experts, and like people, yeah. other people are just well, like. Well, and the problem, oof. yeah, the problem lies in really Painful. like. I mean, it's just we're still so early that the public, you know, education level is so low. So yeah. it's like you can get a lot of these. You know, uh, I mean, if you brought an iPhone back to like the 1800s, you could convince everybody you're a witch you know, very easily. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, you know, I mean, and it's, what's funny is that like having like gone to like, like enough of these conferences now, you know, um, what was funny is like, you know, I remember last year it was all about like project founders and who's the project founder and everybody was a project founder, you know, and then it was advisors and everybody's an NFT advisor. And, you know, these people with like, literally they've launched one project. It happened to be successful because they had a professional marketing team running the project you know, they're now advising on it. You know, that was kind of like the thing towards the end of last year. And now this year, I met more business developers at this conference than in at any other conference. Everybody is now a Web3 business developer. Salespeople. That's yeah. I mean, that's what business development is. Like you basically are business to business like sales folks. So I I agree. That's awesome. And I I think business development is actually a good a good thing to have in the space. Cause I think there's not enough of that. I also think there's not enough salespeople. I also think there's not enough real tech people. And I was talking to some people over the weekend here. I was like, Hey, so why don't you, why aren't you in the, like the web three space? And I literally had three people laugh in my face. Like, yep. what are you talking about? We're real. We're actually real people. We're real technology people. Like I'm not going to ruin yeah. my career by working in the web three space. And like, one of them works at Uber and the other two are at Google and they're like, yeah, no, thanks dude. Like, uh, I don't want to ruin my career. They're, those are the words they said. I don't want to ruin my career by like associating with crypto bros. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. So, Again, it's still, we're still fairly early, you know, yeah. but it was, uh, I would say there was more, you know, the teams that were there that actually had, uh, uh that actually had booths set up, you know, um, a majority of them at, at ETH Denver were real, 
like real teams. Like there was a lot of knowledgeable people there, you know, mm -hmm. of course there was like uh, plenty of booths too, where it's like, here's our wallet solution. And then you go to the next booth and they're like, here's our wallet solution. Yeah. But you know what? You, you know, know what that, you know, so here's the deal. That's okay, Brett. Like I actually think that's okay because at tech conferences back in the early two thousands and even in the 2010s, like every, there was literally like, our, our VR company, our VR company, it was like VR company after VR company after VR company. And it's like, that was hot then, you know what I mean? Like whatever's hot, that's what's going on. And like web three is like the new hotness, right? So real teams are trying to tackle this stuff, real technologists, like real, real tech, you know, coders and stuff like these are, these are real tech people. I'm not saying there's no real tech people in this space. There definitely are. There's like a lot of them. It's just that the noisy ones, the ones that are on your timeline, stuff like that, you know, tweeting and taking pictures with like people who, you know, I don't know, are in charge of like some, some of them are real tech companies and some are just personalities in the space. Like they're taking pictures of them. And like, that's like the new interesting dilemma. Like I said, like, I don't under, like, and I get it. Like influencers are very important to every ecosystem. Uh, it traditional, traditional, I wouldn't really call it traditional. Just people in the tech space have used influencers. At least I have since 2008. So like, it's useful. Like I want, I Justine, I wanted, I Justine in a, in a series for Sony when I worked there and she was just too expensive. She wanted $30,000 a tweet in 2008. And I was like, uh, you're on crack. <laughs> so yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was nuts. It was nuts. The th stuff she asked for was crazy. And so we just like blew her off and became successful without her. And yeah. she missed a lot of opportunities for saying no to things that, I mean, I, I mean, I guess respect to her asking, but I don't care who it is, dude. Like another guy we worked with, um, you guys remember that stupid show married with children. There was a guy oh, named yeah. Dave Festino. Yeah, like we, so Dave Festino came on and like we had a show, which by the way, I didn't think that was a good idea, but whatever. Uh, he was, he was like super nice when we first met him. He, we were doing, he was doing some, like a series with us. It's like life on the D list or something like that. I can't remember what it was called, <laughs> but anyway, he was, uh, right. he came on and, man, that guy was really, really nice. Right. At first. And then all of a sudden, like after like we, we started like giving what he wants, he started making all these crazy demands. And I was just like, what is this? Like, I don't even understand what happened. Like I was like really nice in our big meeting. And he just started saying, I want this in my trailer and I want a trailer that's big enough for me. And this guy's like five foot two. And he's like, I want a big trailer with like multiple beds and all this. Stuff. I was just like, what is this guy crazy? He's like, this is what happens in Hollywood. And I'm like, yeah, this is, I'm too logical for this shit. Like, just give me a, if I was an actor, I would just be like, give me a big enough bed to sleep on. If I even needed a bed in my trailer or whatever the hell they give you and food to eat in a bathroom. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. But, yeah, uh, right. you know, logic, I, I would hate that life. I'd, I'll take the tech life over yeah, trying to same. run, be a Hollywood actor. And I all like, that yeah, stuff. I like building companies rather than like, like being like, Oh, you should look, look at me. But right, then again, dude. maybe we're doing something wrong, dude. You know, maybe we're doing something. Yeah, wrong. Maybe we should just go into acting. Maybe that'd be a better idea. Right. I will say as far as actors are concerned though, there was far less influencers and Twitter influencers and things like that at this conference than there was really? in Miami than there was it definitely in New York. You know, I mean, yeah, I feel like a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, the, the cool kids weren't there. Yeah. There's a reason for that. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you could imagine what the reason is for that. There's real tech yeah. people at a, uh, at ETH Denver, that thing's been going on for a while. People don't care what these people have to say with their limited knowledge, yeah. you know? So yep. 
I think that's, well, they don't, I think that's yeah, good. they don't understand it. It's not their thing. They're, they're on the, they're essentially on the front end, you know, they're yeah. being a personality and selling a product and we're, we're all the, the, the devs and the business people behind the scenes trying to make sure the lights stay on. Exactly. And if you, if anybody doesn't know it, Brad works for NFT now as a lead uh, director of blockchain. So, I mean, mad respect, dude. Again, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's pretty dope and well-deserved. So why don't we get into like talking about this, this new protocol real quick, which is super exciting. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, dude. Tell us about it, man. Give us like the, give us the 30 second elevator pitch on like why in the hell I would use this protocol. Go 30 seconds. All right. So it's called 4337. Um, other, you know, the tech technical people are, are calling it account abstraction, um, which is just a part of it. But ultimately, it's kind of like instead of bringing a whole toolbox to a job that you have to do, you could grab a Swiss Army knife and know that you have a pair of scissors and a couple screwdrivers and some things like that all in one package. It essentially packages together a bunch of stuff that's been around for years now that you would, um, back then you would have to actually instill and before three, three, seven, um, you would have to manually as a, like a smart contract developer, tie these things into each other or import them into a smart contract. And you would have to manually package them, uh, four, three, three, seven essentially packages a bunch of these things together. Okay. With that said, interesting. How does that help us not get click on a link and get hacked? Go. Okay. So that's the, um, that's, that's the, does it help or does it not help? Yes or no? It can. Yes. Yes, it can. It can absolutely help. How does it help? Um, Like you click on a link and then it doesn't get stolen or it clicks, you click on a link and it shit still gets stolen just to a lesser degree. Like it can't, your, your shit can't get transferred without multiple signatures. Essentially. It, it makes like a multi-sig, like a Gnosis safe kind of idea, um, to like the account level as opposed to on your wallet. And so, so why didn't it, we this launch earlier? Was this really, 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 really hard to do? Or were just people not don't people just didn't care? Uh, people just didn't really, I think it's people that weren't really aware of it as much, you know, um, Solidity really started blowing up in like late 2020, early 2021, you know, and at that point, a lot of the Solidity developers were coming in and learning it at that point and how to apply this to NFTs, you know, and how to apply it to digital collectibles and whatever, you know, um, this stuff has been around like, you know, essentially account abstraction, that thing where they're, you know, essentially making a multi-sig at an account level. Um, that's been around since 2020. That was originally an EIP, you know, from the Ethereum, like dev core community, you know, but there's hundreds of these EIPs, which is for anyone who doesn't know, EIP is Ethereum improvement proposal. And so it's essentially devs will work together to, you know, write this code and then propose it to the Ethereum community to say like, do we, like, do we want to accept this as a standard? You know, it's how like, you know, the ERC 20 has been a standard forever. And then the 721 had to start as an EIP and get the whole community's approval. And everyone was like, hey, yeah, hell yeah, let's go with that. You know, and that's when it becomes an ERC. And so with this, I mean, essentially all that's happened right now um, is it's moved on this 4337. This new ERC has just moved on from the EIP stage. It, okay, so stop know, right there. I'm going to stop you yeah. right there. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Okay, it's okay, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay. I don't even know what you're talking about. So um, respect 
but so it does help you. It does help you, by the way, not get hacked. That's what we need to know. And we don't know how much further it could go because this just got released, even though it's like an old something that could have been developed two years ago. No, probably. so like that, and that's really the only like that's just the one kind of part that people are focusing on is this like you can't get hacked. It's right? probably a pretty, um, it's because it's a very important part. I'd, I'd say it is for sure. Yeah. But there's two other things that people are really focusing on on this too, and one is the fact that you can um, essentially delegate who pays for your gas, right? So you can have uh, your gas get paid from a separate account than the person that's actually receiving the NFT or making the function call. Interesting. Right. Okay. So, so you could say, Hey, I want gas to be paid by OpenSea, not me. Right. Or but I want but you can't, though. Lucas not to pay, pay for my gas. Uh, when yeah. I mint this NFT, I want Lucas to pay for my gas. Right. So this right. is, and, so that's important. And I know why, because if you're a company and you're, you're selling NFTs as a company or yep. giving them away, whatever the case may be, the company can then cover the costs of your gas. So yep. making then making the NFT gas free or transaction fee, I like to call it transaction yep. free uh, for you to actually get that NFT. That sounds right. pretty, 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 pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. And so what's what, and it is, that's like a super, super useful thing. You know, um, that originally came around in 2019 through open Zeppelin and you can use fund relayers, which was a separate smart contract. You could just put funds into a company could fund it. And it essentially acts as that middleman between minting an NFT and delivering the NFT. And they were called funded relayers, you know? And so this, this is confusing, man. This is confusing. Yeah. So you're saying that this it's came old tech, you, so you, yeah, the, the key to all this, the key to everything in tech or in life is to oversimplify explanations of things. I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying like when we talk technology, like you just don't just think that most 99% of the people have no idea what we're talking about until you like dumb it down. Like, hey, if you want somebody else to pay for your gas, you can do that. You know, like no one cares about the rest of that part, but I, I'm still... I, I get it now. It makes perfect sense. And like I said, if yeah, I was yeah. a company, you could like absorb gas fees in order to onboard people without transaction fees. Cause they're not used to, people are not used to paying fees anymore for like, you know, Amazon, it's called the, uh, the Amazon effect where, you know, you, you go to buy something and everything's free shipping. Everything's free. It's, you right. know, you're used to Amazon's trained you to be free uh, of transaction. You know, I wouldn't say transaction fees, but free, free shipping has been a thing since uh, Amazon uh, prime came out and, uh, let me tell you, Prime's gone up in price. But yeah, I remember when before Prime, it was, you know, pay for shipping and you could pay for expedited shipping. But it was otherwise, when Prime first came out, you didn't even have a, there was no Prime. It was just, you know, two day free shipping. And they that's what they called it. And then they eventually labeled it and then charged people an a annual fee. And they hoped, uh, again, the way Amazon works is they charge you like whatever the price is now. It was 79. I don't know what it is now, but what they do is they estimate, hey, how many packages does the normal or the average person get or the median person order? And then they take that number and say, all right, it's 50 bucks they, they spend on you know shipping or whatever it is we spend on shipping on the average. So if we charge $79, we make $29 for everybody who signs up for Prime as just literally net profit. And you guys, we're all like, oh, okay, cool. $79 a year for free shipping. Yeah, it is. But then they're making an extra 29 because it only costs them 50. So, and then the price right. keeps going up because of inflation, but also because well, they and that's one of those like, interesting, 
one of those interesting use cases we might see with this 4337, you know, and again, because it's old tech, right? I moving on from that point that it ultimately though it's included all into this one package so for developers that haven't like newer developers into solidity and newer developers that are entering this ecosystem for the first time they can include all of these things under one smart contract as opposed to having to really understand the guts of the evm and tie everything together yep it ties the, and that's it the ties, biggest benefit it ties the room together dude carpet exactly exactly right so and the last thing dude that people are talking about like i mean there's a bunch of other shit it does that really isn't i mean it's like whatever but the last thing people are talking about this is that you can pay essentially you can pay um in any type of erc20 right so yeah it doesn't necessarily you don't have to pay gas essentially in you know what like way or you know finny or whatever like denomination you want like you can pay with any ERC twenty tokens, so USDC, interesting, you know, which is which is a big deal because USDC is one of the only stable coins that people are taking seriously at like a government level. Yeah, Juliet so, just texted me by the way, or sorry, DM'd me. Juliet, who was just in the space. Oh, there she is. I still see her. Okay, good. Um, Juliet's in the space, and she basically just said you could also, you know, in in terms for tax purposes, you can have this these gas fees, transaction fees port it off to another wallet and then have all those as like, you know, you can write off gas fees, of course, yep. transaction fees. Yep. And now that it's all in one wallet, you don't have to, you know, basically drill through the other wallet of yours and find out, Oh, I can write this off for taxes or whatever it is. Like it all goes to one yep. wallet. And now you, you don't have to really worry. It's all like segregated out to the point where just hand it over and here's what I can write off. Brilliantly yep. said. Exactly. Yeah. That's a update. great, that's a, yeah, great idea. Absolutely great idea. You should run with that because that, so that would be super helpful to some CPAs I know in the space that are pulling their hair out currently. Yeah, it's definitely true. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's a, this is cool. There's a, there's a lot of use cases, it seems like. I'm excited for this stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, it took yes. too long for this wallet problem, man. I'm, I, I still think there needs to be a wallet, um, some wallet fix. But I, I do have to admit, this is this is close enough to get like more people involved so they don't have to worry about clicking on links and like having all that stuff fail. Don't get me wrong. It's still going to mm -hmm. happen. It's just not going away. It's right. just that it's and going, it's going not going to happen as often. Like someone like me can't click on a link now and ha have it like basically drain my wallet, which is really, right. really, really exactly. Nice. But I want to make sure that it's like very, very important. Everybody knows that like the first few instances of this that we'll see out in the wild, be careful with because it's new, you know? And so, like you can test things and audit things until you're blue in the face, but there will still be a malicious actor out there somewhere that will find some sort of weird way to break it, you know? And yeah, then it's a challenge. There's updates, you know, exactly. And it keeps going, you know, so just don't, don't FOMO into a project just because they're saying they're using this four, three, three, seven, you know, I would definitely like give this some time to be experimented with out in the wild before, I mean, you know, use your own judgment, do your own research, obviously, but I would definitely recommend being careful with the first few contracts that go live with this 4337. That's exactly it. I would definitely be leery. Um, always be safe. So there's no question about that. I still think there's an opportunity here too to build, like take this new protocol and make a completely safe wallet that just, you know, takes out other, I mean, are you trying to say the 4337 is a contract and not a wallet, you're saying? 
Correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's been around since this contract style has been around since 2019 and it just was never used. Well, the, yeah, the EIP, the, the proposal stage of the contract before it gets approved was, yeah, 2020, I believe that is when that came out. For so are these strike. wallets or are these, are these smart contracts or are these, what do you like? Are these, what are these things? They're smart. They're, they're, I guess like the, we're still figuring it out what we're calling them, but for now they're like smart accounts essentially, you know, like how in your wallet, yeah, you, you get up multiple, MetaMask, you, you get up multiple, multiple addresses. accounts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Correct. Okay. Got yeah. it. Got it. So, so any a, one of those addresses is a smart address or a smart it. account. When does that, when does that convert over for like, does MetaMask already converted those over right now? Is that what we're like? So if I open MetaMask, I already have this, this protocol in place. I don't believe so. So I, so when, well, it, because it's, when at that this, it, it's at a smart contract level. So it gets handled through MetaMask as essentially like the interface, but like you're, you're, you're still signing and like doing things like you would normally like minting a project but you're just doing it at, in your MetaMask window, but it's talking to this smart contract, this 4337. Yeah, I just got an email. It says, uh, you've been chosen for a gift card. This is, this is a scam that's going around the internet recently, by the way. You've been chosen for a Nike, $500 Nike gift card, and there's a link, and the email is from uh, WRLQS at <laughs> undev.square.com. Oh, India. That seems legit. So it's totally legit. <laughs> so, uh, you know, definitely click on it. You definitely qualified. Clearly right. you got it. I mean, it's, it, you, uh, you yeah. deserve it. You congrats, deserve it. Bro. You deserve yeah, it. Congrats. I deserve That's it. Awesome. I deserve Nike yeah. stuff. Although I haven't bought Nike <laughs> stuff in like years. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I finally beat the Nike bots last week, bro. I got a pair of, uh, new kicks on the sneakers app. Oh, people it's still like, do that. You're, so people are still doing the whole collecting and copying sneakers and stuff and reselling. Oh, uh, I mean, stuff. I, I used to be a huge sneakerhead back when I was younger. And then I moved out West and was like, I have to sell all these sneakers to eat food. And so like, <laughs> ultimately, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I ended up selling like, a, like tons of them, you know, and then never really got back into it because like looking back on it, like that was silly, you know, but every once in a while there are like some really dope Nikes that come out. Like, cause I'm a, I'm a dunk low collector or I was. And so when, every time I see like a dope pair of Nikes, I'm like, I really, really want those and uh but trying to beat the bots nowadays it's just everything's flooded with bots and so like realistically like it's like really like ro like playing the lottery you play like a sneaker lottery like when new kicks come out yeah i'm not a i'm not a i've never been a, co a collector of sneakers um kind of glad i'm kind of glad i never was i mean i like shoes i like cool looking sneakers but i don't like you know 500 hundred dollar pairs that i can then flip for like a grand just not, it seems like a lot of work, uh, for little, a little amount of reward. Well, well that was before NFTs though. I mean, it was, yeah. You know, so it's basically so. just, it's just, it's just gambling though. You know, at the end of the day, so are NFTs, I get it. So it's the same mentality. It's like, oh, I got a pair. I can flip it for $3,000 or whatever it is. Like, yep. I mean, I, it kind of goes back to like, I had a couple of iPods, like the old school iPods. And then one day someone's like, Hey, do you have any of those old iPods you used to have? I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, what else am I going to have? Like, no one wants to buy them. So, of course, I have them still. And they're like, no, they're going for like $1,000 on eBay. I'm like, I would never have known that. But on eBay, yep. sold one of my, my the earliest iPod I had. Totally, you know, gray, gray screen, stuff like that. Everybody was like, all yeah. of a sudden, like, dying for them. And I'm like, why? And then you find yeah. out they just... They basically made it so they're not making them anymore. And I'm like, oh, no wonder. As soon as you can't have them, people now want them. So it's, 
Yeah. It also helps well, people I mean, focus. I, I still do that with like random shit though. I mean, like I I bought one of the uh, from Apple, one of the last gener the last generation of the iPod Touch because they're not making it anymore. They stopped making the iPod. Is that just an so. iPhone? Just without? Yeah, essentially, wife, it's a Wi-Fi without, without cell without like I was gonna say without a cell yeah. signal. It's just an iPhone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So basically, I have like a bunch of iPhone i i like iPod touches. If anybody you know wants one, yeah, dude. Um, they're just they're just iPhones without a cell signal. Yeah. Can't wait to sell my iPod touches. <laughs> <laughs> but no, dude, I, I'm I'm really really stoked to see what what people end up doing like with this contract. Yeah, it's me too. I don't. I, I mean, I I think it's cool. I think um, MetaMask should have already rolled it out before it even got announced. Um, I think they should have been like first movers, and we should all have smart everything. Like, it, I'm sure it does, I'm sure it takes some time and scale and all that stuff. But like, go. It'll save yep. it'll save so many people so much money. Well, and there's a couple teams out there that have been doing um, this for at least the past year. Um, there's a team called Sequence that has been doing account abstraction. The same thing that this you know pr uh, whatever you want to call it there you know with the 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 what the main I guess purpose of this four three three seven is that that smart account feature um, with multi sig is uh they've been doing it for like a year and then there was another team too out there i forget i talked to them over the weekend but they've been doing it too for a while so it's like again they were just doing it in a workaround way and this includes it all into one smart contract so that's like the biggest benefit here word up yeah we'll we'll see it and we'll see it like complete eventually one of these days hopefully i look forward to seeing people not get hacked and not lose everything and then leave the space. There's lots of people that left the space to never come back because they lost everything. So yep. with that said, what else are we going to talk about today? I mean, yawn. What are your favorite question to you guys? Like what are your favorite Twitter spaces like that are up on the audience here? And people want to come up and tell me, come up and tell me in 30 seconds or less. I don't want to hear your five minute like discussion about, Oh, you know, this is my favorite show and this is why and la 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 la. Like just tell me what your favorite like show is and why in 30 seconds or less. Mariana, go. And you don't have to don't say me cuz I was going to say no, you. Like no, 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 it's not true. There's another show I'm sure you like better and I'm okay with that. I've no, come to grips. Absolutely. I have no other option. Like, I, I love Mintify's like daily updates. So I love it too. Mintify is <laughs> Mintify is dope. Um even and especially when we when we get that, you know, he, when he picks up that iPhone, shit's going to change, man. He's going to have, like, such a better audio quality. My ears will last longer. I won't be deaf by the time I'm, like, you know, later in life. I won't be like, what happened to you? Why are you deaf? I'm going to be like, hey. And they're like, why are you deaf? And then I have to write it down. I'm going to be like, mentify. That's why. <laughs> mentify. <laughs> right. I mean, also Leap, Leap um, hosts some really cool Twitter spaces. So whenever he has one, I like to join in on his. Yep. I like his spaces too. He's, he's a, he's a very nice person. Like, um, I think, yeah. I think he's like a very empathetic, nice person. And yeah, I agree. His spaces are interesting. They're amazing to like, I've turned them on a couple of times and I'm like sitting there listening. I'm like, and I'm like going to turn it off. I'm going to watch TV tonight <laughs> and I don't turn it off and I just fall nope. asleep to listening to a, like, people talk in the spaces for like six hours for like six hours. Well, yeah, I know. I used to PS. That was me 10 hours a day, every single day talking. And I, it's funny how people are like, Oh man, I've been going for like four hours. I'm losing my voice. I'm like, 
<laughs> those are like rookie numbers. Like I could easily do a space for 10 or 12 hours a day. Just ask Tim Cook down there, even though he never comes up anymore. I miss him. Tim Cook, come up and say hi, man. You got it, Lucas. Bro. Lucas, yeah. I've got a question for you. Were you one yeah. of those children that couldn't sleep without listening to the radio or some having some? I'm not noise one of those children. I am still one of those those adults <laughs> that cannot go to sleep unless they have a TV or some audio on because my my mind races like it's thinking all the time. And the only thing I've found that actually cures that is either watching a movie I've already I've already seen or a TV series or actually throwing on like an audio space. The audio spaces are probably some of the best. And when I was a kid, we used to listen to, and you know, whatever, how you feel about this guy. But I was brought up as a kid to listen to like the old, some old Bill, Bill Cosby routines. Like it was like an hour and a half to two hour long, like Bill Cosby comedy things. And me and my brother would literally fall asleep with that literally every night, press play on the tape deck and you know there was bill cosby for an hour and a half and you'd be out in like the first 15 minutes of course but it was just something we knew we knew the jokes by heart we knew everything by heart and it just like helped me sleep now me and all of my brothers do the exact same thing except for i fall asleep to the tv like 90 percent of the time and they fall asleep to like audio of some kind and when they wake up they turn it back on and the same thing with me i wake up turn on the tv or audio or whatever's on but you got to be careful. Um, you know, TV used to have like these commercials that were not in sync with the rest of the, you know, the show you were watching. So thank goodness that there's no more commercials, at least in my life for the last, like more than 10 years. I haven't watched. Yeah. I've cut the cord like in 20, I cut the cord in 2012 and stayed only on streaming services with zero commercials. And man, has that helped? Like, it's so great to not have this audio up and audio down, audio up, audio down. And same thing with like, uh, or sorry, video up, video down, you know, the same, the commercials basically. And yeah, uh, it's, I, abs- I absolutely hate, hate the adverts. Yeah. I, 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 I haven't watched normal TV as I call it for a very, very long time like you. Yeah. 11 years for me. And it's like the audio chats are like that too. And I've noticed since the bear market, there's a lot less trolley type people coming up and chatting in spaces and blowing like air horns and screaming at the top of their lungs or anything crazy like that. That used to happen a lot in 2021. Like my spaces, like I would let most people up to speak. Cause I always thought like, yeah, let them up. Let's see what they have to share. Cause you know, even though they only have a, like five followers or whatever it is, maybe there's some value. No, there usually wasn't. And it was people that like either rattled on for 10 minutes and it's like, dude, stop. Uh, or it was, uh, you know, people that came up to like make a noise or like, you know, cause trouble. It's like a prank phone call, dude. Who didn't prank phone call when you were younger? I mean, I know I did. It was so fun. Pranking people was the best. And uh, it definitely showed me that people are very susceptible. If you're good on the phone, it, people are susceptible to like trickery. And it's, it showed me that like, you know, you watch these videos of like, you know, people getting, you know, I don't know if you guys ever watch like, YouTube videos where it's like, there's like people like busting these, like, and I don't mean busting as in police, but busting as in like scammers call you up and like tell you to go get gift cards or try to cheat and like mess with your bank account. Check, watch these videos at some point. There's some really good ones on there on YouTube. And these there's older folk, sixties, seventies, eighties that can get, that get tricked by this stuff. And I know when I was a kid, 
I did prank calls and some people got tricked by our prank calls. And I was like, how in the world did they get tricked by this prank call? It makes no sense. It's We'd made ridiculous statements and, th- and said the ridiculous things. And yet they were still just like, okay, no problem. We'll d- gotcha. <laughs> it's like, okay, that makes no sense. Um, you know, there's an, there's a UFO on top of your house. Come outside and look. <laughs> they would look, they would come out. Oh my God, there is. <laughs> it's like, yeah, totally. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, it's interesting stuff. So I think, um, yeah, with that said, I don't know. What do you guys want to talk about? Because all I can say is I want to know about your Twitter, your favorite spaces and mine and leaps. Great. Amazing. Brad, what are you, what are your favorite spaces to, to like listen in on? Like, and I'm not talking just like a five person space or a three person space or a one person space, stuff like that. Like people that actually draw a crowd, what spaces yeah, are like, I mean, what are your top, let's say your top three, go one, two, three. Uh, I mean, well, given on the day, right. Because depending on the topics, there's sure. certain spaces that are much better than others, but like Wolf, I think hosts great spaces. Yeah. I, I agree with that. He does a really good job moderating and, and handling his spaces. I think I, I enjoy his, uh, I guess just his candor, you know. Do you know um, that's his full-time job? Like that's literally been his full-time job yeah. since January of 2022. He, he started doing it. a full. He does a great job. Yep. He, he does a full-time job and he makes over, I think he makes around a half a million dollars a year doing it. So, Yeah. Good for him, man. Cause he, uh, he deserves it. I think he does a great job. You obviously, you know, host a great room for sure. Thanks you know? man. Um, I got to drop, you know, the NFT now spaces, right? Got of course. Those. those are great. Yep. They're great spaces. Um, and then, Lately, you know, out there, Facero has been hosting some spaces. I knew and, that was uh, coming, by the way. I knew that was coming. Yeah. Face is doing yeah. a good job. Even though it doesn't draw a crowd yet, it will, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah he's doing will. a good job. I agree. I agree. He's getting the right people on. He's uh, He's got one today, I think, with um, with a, a certain character in the space. I can't wait to see it, yeah. man. I can't wait to see it. I, I'm gonna, and Leap, too, man. Leap, Leap, Leap. I like Leap. Leap seems like a genuinely good dude. You know, uh, like, yeah, uh, he different is. conversations and he doesn't really seem like he's bullshitting a whole lot. You know, he just seems pretty genuine in his responses and his takes. So I do, again, that's one of those spaces that depending on the topic that they're talking about, uh, I, I enjoy it or I'm just like over it in five minutes. Yeah, I agree. And the one thing we have to be careful with, with spaces and being space hosts and all this other stuff, we got to be careful what we say about other people in audio spaces. Because this is like writing a tweet. If you're not comfortable with writing a thread or a tweet or an article about somebody having something in print, don't say it either. Don't let it happen. You know, like don't have a website and then allow someone to write an article that's like basically, you know, slandering somebody else. And I can tell you right now, the one thing I would give leap to advice, right? To me at least is he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't like audit the people who are up there and what they're saying. He just lets them destroy people. And I think that's very dangerous and, and it's great for ratings, right? It's amazing for, Oh, come on in and listen to the drama space. Like a thousand people deep, you know, 1500 people deep, 2000 people deep as the drama goes on, but you gotta be really careful what you're saying about individuals um, or any anybody up in your Twitter space, especially if it's recorded, because it's super dangerous to do those those, those kind of things, and also super damaging to the person you're, you know, you're kind of like hating on um, or allowing to be hated on. Don't forget, you allow it, and it's your space, and you're the host. You are responsible for that. 
So be careful of what is said and who is saying it and all that stuff because they're, it's all opinions and everybody has their own motive for like talking smack, saying horrible things about people without, you know, it doesn't even matter if they have evidence. Like why would you want somebody on your show or your stage saying horrible things about people? It just spreads hate and misinformation and, you know, people get a bad taste in their mouth about the space and don't want to come back. Like I sure shit. If I heard a space like that, I'd be like, what is happening? And if I, I am so lucky that my NFT space was the first NFT space that was in this space because mine was like welcoming and teaching. And that's what I did. And that's what I do is I teach, share knowledge, give access to someone like me um, and people up here on the stage. Like we, we give access as much as we can, but I sure as shit shut down anytime someone came up and started saying something bad about someone, I instantly shut it down and kicked them off stage. I was like, look, here's the deal. We're not for that. Yeah, we'll probably get 100, 500, 1,000 people in the space, and it'll go over really, really well for like listeners, but I don't want that. Like, I don't want those listeners. Like, I want to positively talk about stuff that's happening in the space. You don't see uh, David, Le- well, you didn't see David Letterman. You don't see Jimmy Kimmel. You don't see... Um, you know, any of these late night hosts having, having people on that then just slander the shit out of other people, right? There's a reason you don't have that on those shows, guys. Uh, people have enough negativity in their life and it's completely 100% illegal to slander somebody in audio, um, on timelines, on video, like just don't do it. Like it's just a better thing to not do stuff like that. Anyway, I like to host shows that are positive. So all I'm going to say is feedback wise, Leap is an amazing guy, super empathetic, genuine dude. I just think, uh, you know, like he's, he's just got to like learn a little bit about like, like what and, and who he lets up on a stage to talk about and like how long he lets something goes on for. So with that said, what are your other favorite shows for Sarah? What are your favorite shows, my man? And you don't have to include anybody up here for ego's sake. Just, uh, what are your favorite shows? I would say that there's this wicked smart space. Oh, here we that, go. Uh, <laughs> Stop it some more. <laughs> well, I'm here every day, so you know, let's, it's got to be in there. Let's let's be honest. I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna deny that one. It, it's going to be a hard one. Um, but the other ones that I, in fact, uh, the Mint Condition was a podcast, which is pretty much how. I sort of learned a lot in the early days about the NFT. Who, who runs space. that? Who runs that? Because I've never even heard of it. It's part of the, um, oh, the DGen network. Oh, okay. And it's hosted by Bunchu, Chamber, and Dares of Goats, the uh, hmm. uh, NFT project Goats. And, um, or Maison de Goat, I think it is, the, the account. Um, and it was just such fun. Like they just have a good banter with each other. They talk some good, useful information. Uh, it's just a, a really well-rounded podcast. But now they've started doing that as a space as well. So obviously it does go on to podcast. Um, so the Mint Condition is seriously a good one to, to, to listen in on. Uh, the other one, and these are all in the DJ Network because I found... Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yep, They're just- highly entertaining but also really informative and the people are really genuine down to earth people. And that's, that's what I like about all of their, uh, 
their shows, their spaces. But the other one is Coffee with Captain. That's a regular. He is sort of, really nice, man. Steve, I think his, his real name is Steve. Like, yep. Uh, he yep. is genuinely a good dude. Um, good for the space. Controls the space. You know, he, it's very scripted and I, I like it. You know, he has a, he doesn't, you know, he goes into news. He goes into the same topics as everybody else does. But he keeps it subjective. You know what I mean? Like he keeps it very subjective. And I like I like people who report the news rather than um, has like people up that are just like I hate this person because I just don't like them and they should die. And it's like, dude, relax, Jesus. Yeah, not the Antichrist. Yeah. <laughs> so. and, and the thing is, it 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 is good because they do have discussions. They'll get people sure. up with buying opinions, but it's dealt with in a very sort of friendly you know, sort of amicable way where people get their points across, they're heard, and, and they might push back on something. But there's no, oh, you can't talk about that. You don't know what you're talking about. It's it's very much sort of, it's an open space. You come up and talk and they'll debate it. But in a, in a business-like fashion, you know, that they're, they're, they're there and they're sensible with it. So it's definitely, definitely a, a good one. It's one of the ones I usually pop in, probably two, three, maybe four times a week if I can. Nice. Yeah. Those are the, definitely good spaces. All of them. I just think they're too, for you, they're, they're good for me. They're like too early. Like I think coffee with captain starts at like six thirty AM my time. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's one P it's 1 PM for me. So yeah, it's an it's easy one to reach. Time. Yeah. You got, you basically get um, the best of both worlds over there. Huh? You, you get all these audio casts that like start at like 1 PM for you. <laughs> And you can just like, <laughs> you can literally have the entire morning. You could actually wake up at 7 a.m., work for like five, six hours, and then catch all the NFT shows in an order. Well, and it's, but, it's but part of the thing. problem is, yeah, but part of the problem is that some of the good ones get later and later. So you end up with sort of from sort of midnight to 2 a.m., you could be doing those spaces, and then you're not going to want to get up early in the morning. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Again, the, the late it, night shows are tough for sure. So yeah, but it but does in my head. I'm like, I'm I can do the spaces and concentrate more on those from sort of one o'clock, and in the morning it's work time. And just so you know, Sarah, you don't you're not the only one. Like I I've seen people in some late night spaces that have like literally small children at home and a wife, and they're still up there for like six hours chatting in space. And not like useful stuff. They're just like debating something ridiculous. And I'm like, wait, you have three kids all under the age of 13 and a wife and you're on a space for six hours. Like it it's, makes me, I don't know, man. It makes me a little sad. Yeah, but um, it makes sure that they won't have any more. It's too busy on Twitter spaces. That's what I was going to say. It's like, I don't really know how they actually, their family dynamic and stuff. But when I see people with not just not only that, like they have full-time jobs. Like I know, I know CEOs like that go to those, that go to these chats and are on like audio chats for like six, seven hours in the middle of the night, East coast time, you know, from 10 until like five in the morning and they have an end, they have kids and they have a wife, you know what I mean? Like and all this other stuff, like when do these MF sleep, right? Are they on drugs to keep themselves awake? Are they, you know, like, is there some kind of drug I'm not aware of that, like, allows you to do this? Because I sure as shit couldn't do that, man. I used to do spaces till, you know, all hours of the night, and I would just fall asleep at, like, 11, But I think that's 12. the thing, isn't it? You just, you get to the end of the day, 
and you're on spaces, whether whether you, it's ten o'clock or two o'clock in the morning, I always find that I'm I'm like mentally exhausted. Yeah, but I I do have the pleasure uh, of being able to just uh, just if I go to bed, I close my eyes and within about thirty seconds I'm asleep. Lucky, no noise, but it's literally I can come off a space, go yeah, that's it, I'm done. Put my head down. And I'm going for the night. Yeah, respect, man. I, I used to be able to do that as a kid. I can't, I can't anymore. But I can tell you, like, if I was a CEO, I would not want my, or a head of a company, or even a, a worker at a company. And I heard my people being on, like, audio chats until, like, 4 or 5 in the morning, and then they're, like, getting up and trying to work. I'd be like, yo, like, like if they're, I would just expect their numbers to degrade. And if I was, like, an investor, in a company and the CEO is on like an audio chat until like four or five in the morning. And then like getting up to work, I would, I would be having a weekly discussion with that CEO. And I, if I was the investor going, Hey, yeah, you got to get some sleep, bro. Like I don't want you running a company on one hour of sleep or two hours of sleep. Like literally I'm going to pull my investment because you know, clearly you're not really focused on the right things. You're in an audio space debating with somebody who is not a CEO who doesn't know what they're talking about, but here you are on an audio space. It's like debating with ra- like random people that aren't even, you know, don't even have their real names on their profiles. And you're like, you know, debating and arguing and discussing and all sorts of crazy stuff. And it's, it, it, I find it fascinating how people yeah, you're, you're can up get till five sleep. o'clock in the morning chatting and debating with an ape. Yeah, exactly what I'm saying. Like it's, it's confusing. Like I said, I've seen multiple people in that in a late night space right and i'm just like and they're bragging about how they have kids and a wife and all this stuff and and i know they're ceos of like multiple companies and i'm just like yeah this is not this is not gonna work out well this is called what's gonna happen is that's gonna crash and burn uh something's gonna break you know eventually you cannot keep doing that burning the candles at both ends and uh, absolutely it's not. super scary to see. Like I said, if I was an investor, I'd be pulling my funds like, yeah, how do I get my money back out of this company? Who's this guy's like one of the company. And he's like up until five in the morning talking on an audio space with an anonymous person with five followers. So definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely fascinating. Like if I was the CEO of a company and I'm like, yeah, I need to go into audio spaces like for seven hours a night um, in the middle of the night and, because I just you know, just got to do it. I would hire somebody who is good at all this stuff to go into audio spaces and represent me there as a full-time job. Because that, if you think about it, if you're spending seven hours, six, seven hours in an audio space chatting and trying to make you look good or, you know, um, you know, the point across, that's a job, man. Hire somebody, you know, like don't pay them a lot, but you can pay them enough to make them comfortable enough to go into audio spaces every night and know that they're going to, they're going to be hurt the next morning because of all the, you know, the chatting that's going on. And yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to see. That's all I can say. It's a weird dynamic. I don't think it's scalable. So no, it is, it is one of those things. I think we are at a, a point where people are extremely excited because of the space, you know, from, from even just a business point of view of what you can do right now and the possibilities that are coming up. And it's it's exciting because you can let your imagination go, and you know pretty much whatever you you imagine is probably possible right now with the developments, or it's it's within reach. So as well, how does a blockchain? View, can, so how does blockchain change that though? Like this is just and to me this is the tech space, and there's a little like again a te- the tech space 
didn't allow certain people to come into it because you actually had to know what you were fucking talking about tech wise. Um, and this yep. somehow became an easy on ramp for artists to the, now say they're part of the tech space and, you know, for, um, which is fine. You know I mean? They do have like, uh, art on, on blockchain, which is just part, a layer on the internet. My question is like, I don't know if just, I mean, blockchain does not like mean everything is possible. Technology means everything is possible, but blockchain does not need, not everything needs to be on blockchain. So no, I, but exactly. But that's the yeah. thing. It's like, it's, it's, it's the addition of blockchain as well as the creativity. And I'm not saying everything is possible. I'm not, I'm not putting Star Trek up there, but there's so many possibilities now and the you're allowed to let your imagination grow and as a creative like you've got a reach that you never had before in a in a very different way in uh oh we got robot face coming on hey hey face we can't hear you man you turned into a robot okay I'll jump no, in and he, be back. He was, uh, yeah, he was all right for me. Oh, well, he, he zoomed out for me. I literally just heard, bang, oh, okay. bang. I was like, shoot. Because he had a good point. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I just think it's interesting. I, I don't, I find it fascinating that people are just like, you know, anything's possible in this space. I'm like, guys, it's fucking blockchain space. It's not like- well, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a super, I'm a super blockchain maxi. Yeah, you know, of course. Sure. Of course. And, of I course. mean, I, I think that no, not, everything but a lot of the problems that are encountered and pain points in web 2 i think can be either solved or at least facilitated with blockchain tech well so uh and maybe yeah possibly so it does solve in real world problems i wouldn't say web 2 versus web 3 but it does solve in real world problems of let's just say uh you know fraudulent ticketing you're not going to buy a ticket anymore if you actually make it on chain and be able to prove where it came from and who holds it. Um, I think that's going to happen a lot with a lot of things in this space where blockchain will solve the identity problem with like stolen assets or fraudulent assets or whatever the case may be. But blockchain doesn't solve membership or access. It's just token gated versus not token gated, right? You can do that in web too. You know what I mean? Like, or I hate saying that web two word. Um, you can already do that with current tech. You don't need blockchain to like make a digital ticket. All it does is prove whether the ticket is, is real and all, and who owns it. That's it. You can still use uh, technology. That's not blockchain to build the ticket, to make the ticket, to like hold the ticket. And all you have to do is like be able to like tie it to a ledger and say that, this is a real ticket coming from this organization and you really own it in this wallet. It's yours. So I don't know what other, there's a lot of things. I mean, you can apply blockchain technology to a lot of stuff, but do you need to is the question and does it really solve a problem? And I'd say almost not, I would say there's like literally everybody's trying to solve a problem with blockchain where there is no problem that needs to be solved in blockchain. So I, I think people are applying it there so they can say, Hey, I made a startup and it does this. Oh, it I does XYZ. Yeah. Yep. And there's no need to solve that problem. We solved it five years ago or 10 years ago. You're just doing it and then saying, Oh, it's decentralized. We're solving it with a decentralized way. And it's like, 
not really. You're just yeah. adding no, more complexity to a problem that we already it, solved. It, exactly. And the question that people have to, I think, ask more of is what's the why? You know, what is the why ultimately in to make the world a better place here? If it's exactly to make a, I mean, if it's it, to make the world a better place, definitely not the right reason. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, we should look at the problems right now that people are struggling to solve using existing technologies. You know, let's start there. And it's like, all right, well, maybe like since the existing tech is having a hard time fixing this problem, let's see if we can better fix it with blockchain technology in some way. You know, I think that's where we should start instead of, you know, realistically being like, you know, here's proof that I caught this Pokemon in the park near my house. You know, I mean, like, that doesn't have to be on chain. It's right. cool that it is. I like the fact that it is because I, I love blockchain, but like, right. Right. Uh, you know, but right. it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to know? be. Exactly. You don't have to add blockchain layer of complexity to like prove things. And because it also, I don't know how many people really think this way, but it makes it more expensive whatever you're doing it makes it more complex and more expensive so don't think you need blockchain in your life to solve problems that have already been solved um not saying that you know hey this is the way things were always always going to be done no i'm just saying like just don't add a layer of complexity when you just don't need to like if you're if you're online here's a great example there's a there's a gentleman that did some art recently and made tens of thousands in aftermarket like ETH sales. Um, it's one of the most prolific pieces of art in the space right now. And he sold online courses. I mean, that was literally his biggest windfall. Millions and millions of dollars of online courses. You didn't need to add blockchain for that business. You still don't need blockchain to sell courses. You don't need blockchain to sell something on your website. You don't need blockchain you know, for a lot of reasons and like, what are the real reasons, the top three reasons or the top three products that get fixed? Like I said, tickets. Um, I wouldn't even say memberships need blockchain. Like they just don't. Like, I mean, one of the original use cases that it's done a, a good job solving is like um, uh, traceability and supply chain management. Blockchain has seriously improved how we like track and locate and proof origin of various products that are, you know, verified organic USDA, whatever, you know, all of those things that's somewhere that like, but nobody talks about it because it's boring. Well, you know, it's way cool. It is. It's, it's way not cooler. Sexy. Yeah. yeah. It's not no, sexy, exactly. But... It's way cooler to have a game that's on chain or something, you know, but you know what? Also it's like shit in shit out, you know, Brad, like if, if you think of, you know, let's prove that this really is organic coming from this farm to here. And here it is like, it's basically chain of custody, right? At the end of the day in the criminal space, it's, you know, if you break the chain of custody, you don't know where an item went, stuff like that. It can't be used as evidence, but so chain of custody in this case, I mean, we should be talking chain of custody because this chain of custody is only as good as where it really came from. You find out the farm is not really organic. Then all of a sudden, what does it matter? if it says it was organic and it really wasn't, you know, and there's wine that's made without the insecticide according, you know, according to Roundup, which is really, really bad for you. Yet you find out 99% of the wines actually has insecticide in it. Any red wine you drink, you're drinking a little tiny doses of insecticide of Roundup and you're damaging yourself every time you drink it, not just the booze, but also the insecticide. So it's very, you just got to be really careful with like, you know, shit in, shit out. It's just data. Data points are always the reason, like the, the origin of the data and is it accurate, right? 
blockchain just stores either accurate or inaccurate information. So go ahead, Facero, man. I see your hand up. My doctor says that wine is good for you, and I'm going to believe him. Yeah, you should Google that, man. They'll, they'll, show, you, they'll show you the studies. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say, and and this is, I, I can't remember whether it was, uh, I was talking to Brett about this or whether the idea was just, uh, you know, uh, stemmed from this, but I, I had uh, an idea a couple of years ago, basically, and this will be a really boring story. So, you know, let's cut, let's uh, cut down I on the boring story in there, but let's you make s- it shorter than if it's boring. Uh, okay. Well, it's not going to be that long, but my, my, uh, I, I know people who have died and the issue Yuck. of dialing, dealing with somebody's death and you take those elements like where the bills are, the account numbers, the bank accounts. If somebody's disorganized, they won't have those in place. But you can use this technology to pull that all together. You imagine an app that basically, on a custodial level, has verifiers that basically one verifies whether somebody's dead, can instantly deal with the will and deal with paying off accounts and paying basically transferring your crypto wallet to somebody that you nominate you imagine using this technology for something like that they already have it well, that's that, not exciting that's not but blockchain. it's useful they don't have yeah, it but they have that's they one need of the blo- things you don't need 4337 yeah that's 4337 yeah you could do that with 4337 technically because you could import that account you wouldn't get the seed phrase you never have access to the seed phrase because technically you don't need it with this smart account you know but you could import that account in that case that would have a bunch of SBTs inside of it that are, you know, birth certificates, socials. I mean, whatever, I mean, whatever funds, crypto, NFTs, like anything you really want. I can see wills. Wills can be powerful in this case, what you're talking about right now, because people fraudulently change wills. You know what I mean? Like someone's in control of a will. They can change it when that person passes and all of a sudden they mess with that will because they can, they have the only copy of the will or, you know, they, they they conspire with the lawyer be like, you know what? I'll give you an extra 20% of whatever there is to change up the will because no one's here to refute it. I don't, I think blockchain could solve that. And it also couldn't, I mean, it depends like how you set that up. Cause it could also be, it's as secure as, you know, anything else, unless someone has the seed phrase and then they can change the will. Right. And like, the, the interesting part of that is they can't change it after someone's marked like as in gone. So if it's marked as gone afterwards, then you can actually tell whether or not something has been altered without permission, things like that. And that's the, the immutable part where you can't change specific dates. Like I went to the doctor on Tuesday at 8.15 a.m., that's never going to happen again. And once that's on chain, it can't be changed. You can't alter that without creating just another record. But the original record's always going to be there. Just like the yeah, original exactly. mint price. The original mint price, or sorry, the original minting of an item is always there. Whether you sell it, trade it, transfer it, burn it, doesn't matter. The mint date is always there. That mark will always be there. And I think that's good and bad. Bad because some people, like if they start doing this, like where it's like identity and tying it to people. And like, I, I think people uh, like, here's a good example, Ashton Kutcher. I don't know if you guys know about him historically, but he broke the law when he was younger. He broke into houses. It was a felony. He broke in, stole a bunch of stuff from a house when he was like 17, 18 years old. 
And he has said this before on like interviews. He's like, if I wasn't able to expunge my record of bad things I did when I was a kid, I'd never would have had a chance of anything in my life. He would be not where he is right now worth, you know, a half a billion. I think he's worth a half a billion, maybe more now, probably like a billion almost, but he never would have had a chance in life. They never would have given him the role on the 70s show and a whole bunch of other stuff that he actually took part in. And I think the chain stuff could actually hold a lot of people back. Go ahead, E. Rich. Lady Elizabeth, go ahead. Hi, I was just going to comment on the um, on the distribution of assets at someone's death mm, um, from a probate attorney. Morbid. Well, you know, people die and they have stuff and it has to go places. And one of the things I think actually, you know, like a will typically is probated in a court of law. And one of the things that um, I think in general, the, the space leans away from is centralization, including like the, the cluster F that is generally speaking um, courts and like having to have a lawyer. So I think that the, like we avoid probate right now by doing living trusts, like transferring title out of her name into the name of this trust while you're living so that your successor trustee can administer your uh, trust, which is essentially your estate, so that when you pass, you don't have to have the court uh, distribute your assets to your beneficiary or heir at law. They were making it, reducing friction, making it easier. I think that there's a good case, use case for uh, the blockchain technology to do that. And I think that the, somebody mentioned it, the 4337 being, being able to, not have to give the seed phrase to someone in particular or cut it up and give it to two people is going to make the huge difference in the like that part of whatever this is. Hell yeah. But I awesome. don't think you should put a will on chain yeah. because it's immutable. And if you change your mind, that means that somebody's in point and say, no, this is what his will said. He got, there was undue influence for the second one. I don't see a whole, whole lot of actual like, changing of documents i've seen forged documents i've seen um deeds that were not notarized uh in the presence of the notary and the notary subsequently put her stamp on it but um i don't see a whole whole lot of like um altered wills themselves but more of like the undue influence where you stand over mom while she creates the new one so word hi everyone that's, that's good to know lady elizabeth hell yeah dope Appreciate the alpha, the legal yeah. alpha. Can't wait to write my will. That sounds Ooh. morbid. You mean just make sure I'm in it, bro? I'll, I'll be up, I'll be part of your four three three seven. I'm totally we'll, we'll leaving done. my crypto mori to bread. Simple as that. Well, not yeah. legal advice. Also, consultant attorney. Pirate crypto mori, uh, pi- devil pirate crypto mori. That's what's up. It's cool, Lady Elizabeth. It's cool. It's very rare that I get the opportunity to speak on something where I'm actually knowledgeable in this space it. because I I'm so it. new to. Um, You're not new. You've it. been here for like at least a couple of weeks. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know what's going on most of the time, and so thank you for allowing me to like flex a little. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I yeah. like it. I like it. We you should need come lawyers. Up, you should come. We up. all need lawyers in the space. Yeah, you should come up more often um, because you definitely add a lot of value. So Do you know the funny thing is that people think that they don't need to know about the legal aspects of uh, NFT and Web three. They think that they're distanced from that, but the reality is, you've got to know everything because whichever way you take it, whether it is just you know the ownership of things, 
you know, you've got to know the legal outcome. I think, you know, the more lawyers in the space, the better from my point of view. Yeah. The downside of that though, is that you, you know, 10 lawyers will tell you 10 different things and then you're more confused about stuff right away. So same thing happens with CPAs. Same thing happens with all these professionals because there's no guidance around any of this stuff. So everybody's literally shooting in the dark. I've talked to so many, I've had panels about, taxes and law and all this stuff. And literally there would be five lawyers up on stage and they'd all say, well, I do it this way. And the other one's like, well, I do it this way. And then the other one's like, I do it this way. You guys are both wrong. And it's like an argument. I feel like that's every, every aspect of this industry though, because I have those same conversations with developers too, you know, where it's like, there's five different ways we're going about doing this thing. And yeah, but that's more, (laughs) that's different though. And you know, I mean, if you, you can easily tackle problems technology wise in different select ways, but when it comes to law, like law is the reason why they call it legal and law is because it's fucking law. Like it doesn't matter what your interpretation of X or Y is. I know what you're going to say, Elizabeth, all law is subjective. As long as you make a good <laughs> argument, you can set precedents. Like I don't know what I'm talking about. Of course I do. But what I'm saying is like it, when you do tech, there are multiple ways you can do tech to solve a problem. You could add complexity, like adding blockchain, a blockchain layer to your tech and then make it super complex and then, you know, try to be trendy. If you, and it doesn't really solve a problem. All it does is make it complex and more expensive, but you actually just want to kind of like say, this is why I have a job because I am the blockchain uh, person and this is why you need to have it. But you know what? A lot of stuff does need blockchain and a lot of stuff. And I would say most stuff doesn't yet. Um, and, and you can, we can argue that for like hours, but it doesn't really make a difference. I'm not going to change my mind. I, I've been in the tech space long enough to know that, that blockchain definitely adds layers of complexity that are unnecessary sometimes. Lady Elizabeth, with your hand up, go. Oh, I'm so sorry. My hand should not be up. It oh. went down after you made your comment. Sorry. I'm amateur hour over here. I will convince you, Lucas, that. Uh, all of the biggest problems in tech can be solved with blockchain. Keep, <laughs> oh I'm going to keep God. whittling away at you until ultimately I will get you to break one day. Never. I'm sorry, dude. It just doesn't make sense. There's just, it, the le- it's like saying all tech needs VR and it just doesn't. And then it's like saying all tech needs, you know, uh, friggin' an STK. And you're just like, no, all tech doesn't need an SDK. Like, what are you talking no, about? No, like, no, just, not no. all tech, not all tech needs blockchain, but like a lot of it does. Yeah. A but lot of it could for what purposes, the redundancy of stuff that we've already solved again, like we, you know, what we should go after with, with blockchain stuff. And maybe it's just because you, it's like hot it's hot talk right now is go after the DMV, man. Like fix that shit, you know, fix like having to wait. Oh, line. dude. Fix yeah. titles, fix all that stuff behind a privacy the layer. problem. Go after man, that. With that. Oh, dude, because like, that, I mean, that's like part of like one of the teams for the startup I was working in back in like 2018, 2019. Um, all the way back then? Had, yeah, yeah, they had, they, yeah, they had way back when. They, uh, they had a team that was focused on like trying to convert DMV records and Ugh. essentially like, yeah, work with the state, you know. It'll never um, work. It'll never it, dude, work. Dude, it's just the, the the biggest problem is there's too much existing infrastructure out there and the way that things are done across every county in the entire country that like it, the, the rollout would be next to impossible without breaking the entire system. I'm okay. With, so I'm okay with that. And, I'm okay with all of that. I want everything to break actually because you break things and then you rebuild it. 
And if we say, oh, hey, yeah, you know, everything's sure. too hard to fix, we're so we're not going to fix it. No, it's politics that doesn't fix it. It's all the stuff that gets in the way. DMV stuff doesn't want to change. And it's not because it's hard. It's not because it's going to break things. It's because politically they're not going to want to change it because it might lose jobs and people will feel disenfranchised and all this other stuff. So they don't get reelected and all this, you know, that's the real answer. No well, one's going to fix it. No one's going to fix it. And nobody understands the shit either. I mean, like no they're, one should, they're riding no one should out have to. until their yeah. their retirement, and then they'll be done. You know, like they don't. The people that are making the decisions at these levels, they they just don't even care enough to learn about it. Most of them. There's a few that I. There's a few people that I met um, while do like working with the state and the government that was like they were genuinely interested in truly trying to like learn because they saw it was the future. But it was just like one of every ten people. It's just, it's not enough to get anything done. Yeah. I, I can tell you right now, if, if you hear something and people make like long running jokes about it, like, oh my God, at least it's, it's like going to the DMV or something like that. Like there are other jokes in other categories of business that could absolutely be solved by actually a layer of technology. It doesn't have to be blockchain, but technology in general. And if that long runs st- in the long running joke, like, because it's such a waste of time. It's such a broken process. Everything's just broken about it. You could easily fix it. It's just people have to actually pull the trigger and force the fix. And the same thing with the record companies, like they didn't want things to change. No, they didn't want it to change at all. They're like, yeah, screw it. We don't, we're just going to keep collecting $20 an album and just keep selling like CDs and tapes and stuff like that. Someone had to come in and launch Napster. And after Napster, someone came in and launched more and it was just the genie was out of the bottle at that point. And yeah, Napster got sued into oblivion by a bunch of record uh, labels and also by the RIAA. And the downside is that you had access to all this music. The problem is when you fix like stuff like the DMV, it's very personal information. You know, all that in, like personal data is out there. And how do you fix that? How do you go in and be like a pirate, you know, and, and disrupt the DMV, right? How do you disrupt like record keeping? How do you disrupt all this stuff? Yep. Without it's the same problem with yeah, medical billings, the same issue. Top down. Yeah. It's gotta be, yep. it's gotta be top down. People actually have to come in and say, look, we're doing this. No one has to know they have NFTs or they have that we're using blockchain to do it. No one has to know any of that stuff. What they have to know is you don't have to go to the DMV anymore. Everybody, <laughs> you know, like, if you want to, if you want a photo, you know, go get a photo. No problem. There's a, there's a photo kiosk somewhere and you can, you know, there's one person standing at the photo kiosk kiosk and there's, there's like thousands of photo kiosks. There's no longer a DMV, you know, like, and it's a DMV kiosk or whatever you want to call it. Third party kiosk. And you can go in and take a photo and get a new license just like that because it's all right there and it's all digitized and automated. But I can tell you, man, they're not going to fix it anytime soon. I don't, I can't imagine that being fixed within our lifetime just because it's just so bureaucratic garbage. Yeah. Yep. It sucks. But I, 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 I agree. And it's horrible because it needs it the most. Go ahead. Yeah. Lady Elizabeth. Isn't, yeah no, isn't his, oh, no, I want to say to your point, um, Brad, Brad, uh, you hit the nail on the, whatever, with the, the counties. Uh, yes. The head. Uh, speaking of nails and heads, they're, re- they're re- replacing the roof at my building. Um, so there's some hammering happening, but um, like the counties, like the, the, 
broad spectrum of services and like different vendors that provide those services to different counties is it, it just seems like a huge, huge lift. Um, that said, isn't Tezos and didn't California do um, something with the title for uh, automobiles uh, on Tezos? Recently? I don't know. I live in California yeah. and I don't know. So yeah, no, I, well, I, I've been I wanting to and I don't care. I honestly don't care what the technology <laughs> is. No one should care what the technology no, no, I, is. I, no one yeah, should care. I, well, we should care that, it, that the DMV is going on chain. Right? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you're, you're talking I about care California. because I'll write the smart contract better than whoever did it for the state. I can almost bet you anything. But you'll never be the one that writes it for the state. I Trust will me. not. Nope. nope. <laughs> I don't play on Tezos. That's, well, no, it's not that. <laughs> it's, it's that there's uh, nepotism. Like my, oh, of course. Yeah. My, uncle's, my uncle's nephew knows how to do this. Let's hire him. And then it's, that's it. That's, it's over with. So, yeah, like, I yeah, think yeah. it's interesting that people are fixing, using tech to fix, again, the DMV or titles on, it doesn't even need to be on chain. Like, let's be honest, it doesn't. It's just needs to be digitized and you need to have so access to it. And here, stuff like that. Here's so. one that's, like, pretty interesting. I've, I, my buddy Cole, uh, he, he's been living down in Mexico and working with a team to fix the notary services in Mexico. Um, because oh, yeah. Because currently how it works in Mexico is you have to pay your notary like the notary um anywhere from like 20 to like i think somewhere up like 35 percent of whatever you're having notarized so if it's a vehicle you have to pay the notary service 25 percent of the vehicle if it's a home and you want the deed notarized you have to pay the notary you know that much you know percentage of what you paid for wait 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 wait, wait. what a kind of crappy horrible service charges you 25% 25% of your vehicle price. What? Yeah. What kind of horrible yeah. service is that? From 20, 20 to 35%. Is Where what is he this? Was me. Where is it? Mexico. Yeah. That's, that's a corrupt country. Very, it is. It's very, yeah. the whole notary service is very corrupt. And so the government, like the Mexican government's been looking in a way, like ways to curb that. And ultimately like if the, if that's the way it's going to be, they want to be getting all of that percentage. And uh, percentage, there should be no percentage. A notary yeah, is like no, 50 bucks, dude. A hundred yeah, bucks. Right. 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 Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anybody that's charging 25% of the, the original price of the item is insane. Insane. $10,000 yeah, cars. Someone wants so to corrupt. charge me $2,500 to like notarize something. To stamp like it so that you can. Yeah. And then oh, it's God. essentially a paper record. Yeah. You yeah, know? And uh, so that is somewhere blockchain is absolutely going to be beneficial. If they can I figure think, that out, I think it will. I think it will But why does blockchain fix that? Well, can't just technology fix that? It doesn't need to be blockchain. I mean, well, technology in the first part can fix that absolutely. Yeah, you know, it doesn't um, need to be. But blockchain. by having it yeah. note, you know, but essentially by keeping it on chain, it just cuts down on the possibility for corruptness because it has to be. You know, it's immutable on chain. There'll always be that record of your home being notarized. You know, so even if somebody tries to argue mm. it or swindle you or somehow the transaction got lost and you're getting charged again you know it's verified provable and no single system can shut that down yeah i mean obviously if someone tries to say it got lost yeah then you can't as long as it's like literally on chain though ipfs someone can so Right, exactly. They just change the image, and the image is gone. So it's not. Well, right. Well, I, when it's, it's got to be burned, like one of those pinning services. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be burned on chain for that to never be altered by anybody that's trying to alter it. So I don't know, man. There's, like I said, I think technology can solve the problem. I don't think blockchain has to be served and used in every case. 
it's just not a, I don't know. Again, I'm not hating on blockchain, of course. I'm just I'm more of a tech tech first person. And if you can use, if blockchain solves the problem, use it. Use the tool that solves the problem fastest. Not like use the tool that solves the problem because it's cool right now. Like I'm not going to use VR to solve a problem right now in any part of my life. And VR is cool right now. That doesn't mean, or in augmented reality, like AR, awesome stuff. It really is pretty dope. Does it solve any problems for me? No. Am I going to use it because it's hot right now and everybody's talking about it? No, because it doesn't, it's unnecessary. It's good to raise money because, oh, we're using AR. It's good to raise money with blockchain. Oh, we're using blockchain. You know, we have new technology. It's going to change the world. Oh, well, here's $100 million. No, I don't think so. Like a lot of people will do that just because it's blockchain and just because it's hot right now. And it's really dangerous to like keep trying to solve problems. Square po- square square pegs and round holes make no sense. And yeah, I don't know. The only other reason I think that why, you know, a lot of companies are going to switch over um, is ultimately it's like, again, it's like a boring ass reason, but it's important is the back end infrastructure cost because it's essentially you can just spin it up. And at the end of the day, a blockchain is a database. But instead of having to maintain a database, a server, your APIs, your cloud storage account, all of those things, you can just put shit on chain, you know, and yep. you're cutting down on your costs significantly. Because you don't have to store it on a database that you're maintaining. Exactly. That makes sense. See, now that argument makes sense to me. You can store data forever on a database that anybody can access then too, by the way, not good. Um, I think once there's like some kind of layer in place or private blockchains, that would work better. Like I can see like a data, a data storage company doing that. Hey, Chris is here. What's up, Chris? Um, data we can storage. get with the ZKs, the ZKs, the zero knowledge. You can anonymize transactions and addresses or. Yeah, you know, there's I, still I agree. Issues with PII. But, yeah, I agree. You know, but all you, need is, all you need is the key to like transact that stuff. So. I think it's interesting. I You just made the best argument I've heard so far of like adding data to blockchains, which is basically data storage that doesn't cost you anything afterwards. Like once you store it, it's just there. Now to alter it, it costs you a transaction fee though. So if you want to change a, a number or let's just say you're tracking data that has data sets that are changing, I can definitely see that costing a lot of money because there's no transaction fees to like, I mean, you have a database and it gets bigger and it requires more data, but you know, more, more, uh, bandwidth to store it. I think storage space is so cheap right now. It almost doesn't matter as well. But, uh, the good thing about on-chain storage of data is like you said, you know, if you're going to store data that is not going to change, like historical data doesn't change, right? Like you, if you made a million dollars or your, your P and L, your business P and L made a million dollars, like last year, 20, you know, 2022, um, December, that's not, that number's not going to change. You can't just like alter the number and change it. There's no need to. And that data can be pulled. So yeah, that yep. makes, that makes well, a lot of sense. And it's tax info. Like, I mean, like, yeah, like, you know, dude, like major businesses and corps have to store all of their records for seven years, you know, yeah. and they're storing them in, in, in manila envelopes in boxes somewhere or they're paying, you know, like they have to keep physical records of them for at least seven years before they can go to data destruction, you know, and shredding services and shit like that, you know? So it's like, that's so, dude like what that's so old school <laughs> like why are we not yeah it's again it's that stuff that you're talking about the historical data it's not going to change it's already been 
like set approved and recorded into a system let's just put it on chain and never have to pay for it or house it or store it anywhere yeah textbooks also you know what i mean like like works of art can be like as in like a moby dick it's not changing you know someone herman melville wrote that that's that could be stored on chain and then just pulled up on like an e-reader of some kind or whatever it is and can be stored forever on there and kids could actually learn it in school and there's it's on chain at all times you know so that's kind of stuff that you don't actually have to print and, and hand out anymore as books. So that's something for sure. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of use. I never really thought of until just now what you just brought up. So you made a really valid point of data storage and also being active. Like it's not, there's no danger of storing like Moby Dick. There's no danger of storing, um, you know, the old man, the old man in the sea. There's no danger of storing, you know, a call to a call to arms, you know, like so many, like priceless, like works of like, you know, um, fiction and nonfiction and things like that, that just don't change historical references and stuff like that could be stored for sure. And then you never have to worry about it again. It's just there and you can access it anytime. Definitely kind of brilliant. And that will definitely disrupt. I think at least it'll disrupt possibly organizations that sell you works like that. You know, if there's someone selling you a version of Moby Dick, on Amazon, why would you buy it when you can just access the blockchain real quick that has the entire Moby Dick on it in a, in a file, you know? So, um, depending on how big these files are and how much data it takes up, you can store a lot of this stuff. And then all of a sudden an entire schools, like every book that a school uses its curriculum can be stored on chain. And then, you know, talk about cutting down on you can actually make the schools probably smaller because think of how much room is taken up by like books. I don't even know. Oh yeah. But I dude, I love <laughs> the way like libraries smell, man. Like you can make a, there's, there's a, so there's like a, a scented candle that's called library. You could just go to like a, a room and just light that candle up. But I agree. Bro, don't I, tell me that I'm going to go buy like a fucking pallet of those things, dude. I love that smell. I think, and this is just, again, my opinion, two cents, you know, like take it with a grain of salt libraries i've i was pushing since 2013 to have them converted into like co-working spaces where people can actually go and work there use this giant space that used to be you know a library that people used to go to a lot like nobody really uses them anymore as libraries like i i actually did a bunch of research on this back in like 2012 2013 and most people use it as like learning places not even reading books they're 90% oh, yeah, of people. That's the only are reason I've it. been in any of them in the past decade or so. Yeah. I go to the library for like just a quiet space to chill or meet up with somebody and work. You know, yeah. When is nothing. the library going to turn into a space you can just go and like sit at and chill, like a coffee shop almost? You know, I, I keep thinking that like libraries are so unprofitable for like comp, like uh, cities and towns that you can, if you converted them, they could actually be profit centers because you can make it a really cheap, co-working space for people who want to study want to start a company and you know you're a new entrepreneur and you don't have a lot of money and you can like have your little um i guess your little storage facility where you can like store your documents and things like that you can have an address you know like it could actually act as something useful for people in the town yo let's 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 take down the library industry dude we'll, we'll take library cards we put those on chain you know, and then every transaction you have, every book you read, every book you take out is, on, you know, on yeah, chain. That's personal though. Stored too. in your account. That's kind of like a 
personal thing. Like what if someone's taking out a book that's very controversial, but they're doing it for, for different reasons to like, just study something. They don't want, Oh, you don't have to put that. You don't have to put that data to like the public facing, you know, you can anonymize that or you can store that like essentially, you know, like a pointer to it, you know? Yeah. I don't know, man. All it, it, let's, uh, it's a lot of conjecture, so we'll figure it out though. I'm sure. <laughs> but, uh, this space has gone on for way too long. 10, like literally an hour and 45 minutes is, is rare for me nowadays. And I could go on forever right now. I could literally do a space all the way into like seven, eight o'clock tonight right now. It wouldn't bother me, but I actually have to get some stuff done now. So, um, and I'm sure everybody else on the stage does too, right? Mintify. And, uh, and we're going to, we, I think Mintify has got to run over to the Apple store and get that iPhone too. Cause you know what I mean? Like it'll help us and our ears protect our ears. I just picked up an iPad yesterday. Cool, and man. I learned to draw. I'm yeah, that's cool. Draw. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Um, with that said, thanks to everybody that came out. Although there's hardly anybody left. I respect you came out and th- we can't do the show without you. So, uh, again, thanks for being here. You guys rock. Thanks to Brad and Mariana. Mariana, thanks for coming back through. I really like seeing you. Hopefully you can come on the show tomorrow as well. I got some pretty good guests. I got some pretty... (laughs) You'll be here? Nice. I got some pretty good guests coming up this week. Um, Facero, always a pleasure. Of course, my friend. We got to class up the place with your amazing English accent. And Lady Elizabeth, what a pleasure it is to hear you speak on stage. You keep coming up and like putting in the time. You're going to, it's going to be a lot easier for you. So keep coming up here and keep adding your legal take on things. Cause we need more people like you in the space, especially people that are learning how to, you know, set new precedents in the space and, you know, give us like legal knowledge that we don't have ourselves. So, and thanks to the people in the audience and uh, we'll, we'll see you guys um, tomorrow. Don't forget tomorrow. 9am is usually when I do a space. <laughs>